This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that suggests to mix things up in the bedroom, try the Jeopardy method. Use all of your foreplay in the form of a question. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont, and I'm really tired of trying that intro, so I'm not going to do it a third time. Here's my lovely co-host, Alice Vaughn. <laughs> Alice, how the fuck are you doing, baby cakes? You know, I love Jeopardy because even if you win, they make you play until you're a loser. Yeah. Oh, man. Everybody loses at some point, even the best of them. And we have a Jeopardy winner and, of course, eventually loser with us today <laughs> to review Jeopardy porn. And I'm, I'm so, Alice, are you, are you as excited as I am about this? Because this is one of, this is one of our friends. This is a popular atheist writer. This is like we are fortunate to have with us today, uh, Hemant Mehta, the friendly atheist, and Hi. also a Jeopardy winner. Ah! <laughs> I also just realized that most of my relationships are just like Jeopardy. I win until I lose. <laughs> I think that's all relation. Like there's, there's a thing I love from Dan Savage. He says, you know, most of your relationships are going to fail. It's like, oh man, just tell yourself that before every first date. That's right. And the good one, someone dies. <laughs> oh shit. It's, oh, oh my God, that's true. And it might be you. Yes. If it works out, you die. Yes. Oh shit. I mean, if it also goes really badly, you do. Oh, <laughs> man, we got to a bad place earlier than I expected. That was but quick. hey, it is very strange being in a room with like a dozen people, all of whom are about to live like the most exciting 20 minutes or so of their lives. And like everyone's going to see their dream die that day. It is a weird thing that I don't recall. I don't know any other situation I've been in where that's true. Okay, so first off, I am so envious because I compete in trivia religiously for the last several years. I've grown up on Jeopardy. I mean, who hasn't? Right. I mean, it's been around for over fucking three decades. Yeah. It's like the thing that you watch when you're visiting your grandparents and you get a di- like you stop watching it for a few years when you don't see your grandparents <laughs> for a little while. And then you start watching again as an adult. And you're like, this thing was amazing. It's just like church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But you got to be on Jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, it would, like Alice, like you're saying, it was the pipe dream that you never actually do. And I I took the online test. I've taken it a few times. And one time they literally... Same C's. Same. They one time emailed me back and said, come for an in-person audition, which I've never gotten before. So either I failed or I just didn't make the cut or whatever it was. But I made it this time. I went there. There's like a few dozen of us in a hotel ballroom somewhere. We took another test. We did a mock game. Mostly they just want to see what you look like when you answer questions because some people can't even deal with the I'm in a hotel room with a handful of people and everyone's watching me. Some people can't deal with that. Some people will miss and their reactions are like, son of all, all. And it's like, no, that that <laughs> will not work on television. You know, maybe I couldn't do Jeopardy because of that, because I'm I'm a little over I'm a little animated. They even told us they're like, we don't care if you get the answer right. Like the fact that you're here means you probably know enough stuff. So we don't care if you screw up in the mock game. We just want to see what you guys look like and if you can banter with us um when they ask you some questions. So I mean, we did all that. I thought it went okay, but like they also said to everybody, if we want you, we'll call you in the next 18 months or never, probably never. So like, if you don't hear from us, just try again in two years, which there were people there who said, this is like the sixth time I've done this and the third time I've been here in person. Like 
people are try, have been trying to get on forever. So oh, I, I left there thinking, well, I thought it went okay, but they're never going to call because why would anything <laughs> nice ever happen? You know, keeping expectations low <laughs> yeah, is, totally. is how things have worked out relatively okay for me. Right. And they ended up calling a few weeks later to my shock and they, nice. they gave me about six weeks to prepare. So yeah, that was kind of how it all happened. How does one prepare for Jeopardy? Like, does everyone around you think you're being really passive aggressive by answering everything in the form of a question? Or like, do people think you're getting <laughs> philosophical on them? You know what's weird? I My normal, because I, I write daily, like, I don't have interactions with people in general. So I feel like my... My life during the pandemic is no different than my life when I was yeah. studying for the show, which is I just kind of do my own thing and no one knows what the hell I'm doing. I'm just here. <laughs> and so honestly, like the only I asked a few people who I knew had been on, like, how did you prepare for the show? And they all kind of gave me the same things, which is there's a few common categories. You better brush up on Shakespeare, world capitals, things like that. And then everyone had after that, it got very different for everybody. Some played trivia sites online, Sporkle, things like that. But honestly, the best advice that I seem to see online that worked for me, at least, in terms of at least getting my own confidence ready, they have all the old games online, not like Alex Trebek, but like just the clues, the answers, whatever. You can just kind of click through every category in every game. And so I played as many games as I could every day. People are like, I played games like you binge watch Netflix. Yeah. And you go through as many as possible. And that was it. I kind of did that as much as I could in between bouts of trying to learn stuff. Do they reuse questions? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not the exact phrasing, but but it's like... They reuse information. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, okay, they're asking about the planets and it looks like they ask a ton of questions about like the moons of Saturn. So you better know some of those. You know what I mean? Makes sense. So I figured if they're going through the, maybe they wrote like a hundred questions about Saturn in one sitting. And if I go through some of the old ones that cover that topic, I may brush against things I might, I might see on the show. And actually I know very little about alcoholic drinks, for example. And I know when I was going through those categories, potent potables, like they asked a question like, what sort of drink has an onion in it? And I'm like, that's weird. Why would anyone put an onion in a drink? And it was a Gibson martini, I believe. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know why I would know that, but I've never heard of that. They literally asked that question on the show. And and did you you manage to buzz in in time? You're damn right I did. Nice. (laughs) So what I'm saying, that didn't happen too often, but sometimes it's like, okay, maybe I'll come across stuff they're going to ask. And even if I wasn't playing, I did see clues that I'm like, I would have known that because I played old stuff. Wow. That's amazing. Now, just for comparison, if you want to know how hard it is to get on Jeopardy, so you actually have a better chance of writing a New York Times bestseller (laughs) than making it onto the show. Because one out of 220 people will write a New York Times bestselling book in their (laughs) lifetime, whereas the 0.4% acceptance rate of the show. By the way, Harvard has a 0.5 acceptance rate. (laughs) They told us at the auditions too, they're like, I think they said I could get the number wrong, but like 80,000 people take the online test and like maybe 4,000 are asked to come in for an in-person thing. And I think 400 are invited to be on the show and they didn't finish the sentence, which is they're all going to lose at some point and and (laughs) most of them will lose without ever winning. So it's, yeah, knowing, wow, the odds of getting on there are crazy. How many episodes did you get through winning? Was it? Oh, lower your expectations here. (laughs) 
But you still, <laughs> hey, as long as you won one episode, you were a Jeopardy winner. I did. I won one game. I lost the second game. Yeah. You were a Jeopardy winner. Damn and right. No one can take yeah. that away from you. That's what I told myself in the five minutes between the games. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Do they do they film back to back? Five episodes oh with God. a lunch break in between there. But yeah, five episodes, pretty much back to back. I should have known this. I filmed a season of a thing earlier this year, and like the entire season worth of filming because it's all like clips that they two days. Yep. Two yep. days. By the way, how sweet of a gig is that for Alex Trebek? You come into work one day a week. Uh, no, 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 not even. It's two days a month of tape. I'm what? sorry, is that right? No, a four days a month of taping because they do like a Tuesday and a Wednesday and they get through two weeks of shows and then two weeks later he does it again. Now he's obviously doing other things yeah. on other days. But filming the show was four days a month. Mustache modeling, I get it. I know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of time. When you have a perfect mustache, the world <laughs> has demands of your face. Well, I think now he's sans mustache. Now he, he's shaved oh, it off a while ago, so now it was he was clean shaven. How long ago did you record the episode? Uh, we taped at the end of January, and it okay. aired uh, the beginning of April. So there was about a two-month lag between taping and airing. I believe they just hit the end of like their reserve of episodes and they're going back to airing. They're airing like Ken Jennings uh, episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> My understanding is they've taped enough to get through mid-June of like new episodes worth. So they actually have another three, four weeks of new episodes they have not aired yet, but they're taking a little hiatus right now to show some classic, you know, the uh. best of all time episodes, stuff like that. So what's funny is, I mean, I remember back in January, you were saying that you had a huge announcement, but you couldn't say anything. I know. I never do that. But that one, I'm like, it's going to happen. I mean, and I hate saying stuff before it happens. But producers take secrecy behind each episode super seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they actually made very clear to us when they called, they said, listen, you can tell anyone you want you're going to be on. You're allowed to do that. This is six weeks before the taping. They yeah. said, tell anyone you want. I told very few people I was actually going to be on. And after we taped the episodes, they said, look, you're not signing any paperwork here for this. We just ask you as a friend, <laughs> don't tell anyone how it goes because the fun is everyone watching it and finding out how it goes. So there, uh, for all the talk of NDAs and stuff, there wasn't one. They just said, don't tell anyone. Wow. And I didn't. And that was it. And there are probably some assholes at home betting on who fucking wins Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, not on regular games, but on certainly the big, when the Tournament of Champions or something like that oh, happens. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. So what was interesting when is when I was doing research for this episode is I was reading about how Ken Jennings recorded supposedly 48 episodes yes. before his first episode even aired. Yeah, so he taped in like 2004, Whoa. I think, is when all of his stuff, he won 70-some games in a row. And yeah, you're right. He taped like 48, 50 episodes before the lag time kicked in and they started airing. And by the way, so this was a fear that I had stepping in because they told me you're taping on a Wednesday, show up Wednesday morning. Okay, fine. So I'm there. I don't know who the other contestants are that day. But the one thing I know is that one of the people who is in this room right now is going to be a returning champion from like mm -hmm. Friday's game, quote unquote. And like all of us without we, like we're all getting to know each other and none of us kind of knows who's this who's this person that we're all supposed to hate right now. <laughs> um, and the truth is, she turned out to be a really sweet person. But like, of course, we were, it, how dare it, she? It could have been like, can you imagine 
Again, all of us there are about to do this thing that is going to be so big in all of our lives. And it could be something potentially huge, or it could be the most embarrassing thing ever. Right. But like, what if you walk in and you realize, oh, this is a 50 game champion who has won $2 million and we're all just lambs to the slaughter and we don't know that. Or what if you come in and you're the asshole who beats Ken Jennings on like uh, on just a fluke and you don't win another episode? Which is, I believe, kind of how it happened is that what ha- when he lost the game. Like, yeah, <laughs> it could. But the thing is, ev- at that point, everyone knew who he was because he had been on forever. But yeah. I genuinely did fear someone like oh uh, Jeopardy God. James, who was on last year, who oh, won yeah. a lot of money really quickly. And yeah. so you could have run into him without having seen him on TV yet. And it turned out, look, when I got there, they said we have our returning champion who is a one day winner, which is like, oh, like we all have a chance. So, okay, let's play. And everyone turned out to be like really sweet. I was kind of hoping I would just be like, I want to, I don't like any of you and we'll all compete. I want to decimate you all with my smartness. And that was not the case. They were all really nice and really smart. And it's like, oh man, we're going to lose and we're not even going to dislike the winners. Oh, hey, you don't you don't know that. Maybe they all fucking hated that you. That is entirely possible. <laughs> I, d- I highly doubt that, though. I'll be completely honest. I haven't watched your episode yet. It's all good. It's all good. What was your interesting fact that you brought onto the show? Oh, so they asked us when we did the audition, tell us five things about you that we can banter with you about. I put some stuff down and we ba- I don't remember what we bantered about. They asked us when we got there, hey, update your list. Tell us if there's anything new. Maybe stuff changed since we last spoke. I told them a few things about like, well, I'm a coach uh, where I live. I coach a high school team. I, I didn't really want to talk about my writing, which is about religion and politics, yeah. which I'm like, I don't want to deal with that on TV. But I told them I'm a blogger. That's kind of all I said. I said I did this experiment years ago where I sold my soul on eBay, quote unquote, and that uh, was a cool, that seemed like a fun story I could talk about. How much did your soul sell for? Uh, Like $500, but it was really just a cool experiment and it worked out. And I thought that's something no one else will say. Can you still sell your soul on eBay or did they put like a TOS clause after (laughs) you sold it? Well, the story that I told them and I told the producer this before... Uh, we get on stage. I'm like, I didn't actually sell my soul. I sold my time. And when people wrote about it, because I was an atheist going to church, they said I was selling my soul. I'm like, actually, I found out later you can't do that because eBay says it's a body part. And the producer is like, ah, that's funny. Locate the soul for me. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, here's what we'll do. We'll put that and maybe the thing you coach and some other story. They're like, we'll put these on a card and we'll give them to Alex. And they said this to all of us, not just me. Uh-oh. They're like, we kind of star the ones we think are interesting, which I think they starred the <laughs> eBay story. But they're like, if he's not taken by it, like the second he looks at it, because he only spends like, I'm sure, 30 seconds looking at all these people's yeah. notes. If he doesn't like it, he might just ask you something else, in which case run with it. Which means they're telling you literally as you're about to film the show, you may may ad lib with him on national TV and like there's no do overs. So have fun with that. But they ended up asking me about the eBay thing. And on the second show, uh, they ad libbed. (laughs) And so uh fun. Are you comfortable with that or did it throw you? I was okay with it. I don't know how it would have worked with anyone else, but uh, it it was fun. Like it's a... 
I got to make a joke with him. I got to make him laugh for like a second. We had a fun little banter. It was fun. Nice. Like that part cool. I wasn't scared of. It was the rest of the show I was yeah, worried about. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I feel like when trivia comes up and I don't know something and I throw out a random guess, I'm like, this is how I can look my absolute dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, And you're always afraid. Like everyone there probably knows most of the stuff that they're going to ask. That goes without saying by the fact that all these people made it to the show. The fear, yeah. I think that I... I had I can't speak for anyone else the fear was they're gonna ask me something I should know and I'm gonna screw up or something that maybe I don't know but I'm gonna so butcher it and it's gonna be embarrassing and you don't know which one it's gonna be (laughs) I've answered some dumb amazing dumb answers for trivia because I'm like oh this sounds like a thing I should know and then like what the real answer is it's like how am I this smart on paper and this fuck <laughs> idiot here? And that's right. why I'm like, I don't I don't think I could handle the kind of wrong I would be in jeopardy. It's just it's bad. And I've seen all the bad beat, like embarrassing YouTube compilations of oh bad people. <laughs> like I've seen those. I saw those before I went on. It's like, OK, the goal is to not be on one of these clip shows. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I wouldn't be that, but I also can't fucking rule it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You can't you don't know what's going to happen. See, for me, I like I mentioned previously, I'm part of a trivia league. And I love being on a trivia team because you don't have to know yes. everything. If you are specialized in music, in science, in history, you know, if you're first in one thing, that's fine because all you need to do is help with one that's answer. Exactly and that's right. something useful, no one yeah. else knew. I was exactly. thinking I walked in thinking, well, I know math, but they never ask about math. I know any word games like that I can do well in. So ask me about crosswords. I know crosswords. Ask me like these three letters are in every answer. I'm good with that stuff. But again, those don't come up all the time. And if they ask about like history or geography, that's where I'm screwed. Mm. See, for me, it's funny because ever since we started doing the show, a lot of my friends in trivia are fully aware. They were like, hey, Alice knows not only music and science, she knows porn. (laughs) But the kicker is when something, let's say, oh, there's a question about 19th century philosophers. Wait, I got it, Alice. It's like, wait, why did Alice know that? Was there a porn about it? (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, you hope that the random stuff you know is the stuff that comes up, which of course is totally a crapshoot. And this this was surprising to me as much as you would think Jeopardy is a show about the smart people, how much you know, there is so much luck involved. I mean, I, I can say this now because the show's all aired because I watched Monday through Friday's tapings, right? For a full week of shows. I yep. ended up taping on Wednesday and Thursday, but I, I watched all these shows. I knew like the big final Jeopardy answers on Monday. I knew it Friday and the middle three were a blur. And of course I happened to play on two of those shows, but I was saying like, Wow, any one of those could have made or break it for any of the people who are playing. Yeah. And it's it's kind of luck of the draw in terms of who gets what and when. And yeah, it's there's a lot of luck involved too. Yeah. What do you need to know to win Jeopardy? The answers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now that you've been on Jeopardy, though, you can't compete on the sister show. <laughs> I know. I the funny thing is, we are, we're in the same studio lot as like Wheel of Fortune that was taped right there, and all that. But there, I think I know at least one other person I competed against who is on another game show in the near future, and there are some like private forums for contestants where you kind of oh my God. because a lot of uh, people who appear on the show 
have the same afterlife on the show in the sense like, I'll give you an example, some of the women who have been on the show, they get creepy messages from a lot of dudes after they appear. And there's a, there's a nice- yeah. As women in the public eye, we are shocked. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. To hear this, men send creepy messages to no. That's exactly it. And here's Never. the thing: you, you, you know what it's like because you've been through that many times, and it's yeah. not okay. Like, and it's I feel terrible. This happens, but like they have. There's no way that they go on to this expecting I'm going to go on to a nerdy trivia yeah. show with a Canadian host that's really polite and hasn't changed since forever. And I watched it with my grandparents, and then I'm going to get mail saying, "Hey, what color were your panties when you filmed that show?" Like that's not what you expect. There's a Jeopardy support group. That's amazing. Exactly right. And the thing is, it's one thing for all of us because we all kind of live and breathe on the internet. But a lot of the people playing yeah. on the show. Like, they don't do that. And so that comes to them as a surprise. And I don't mean that in a naive sort of way. They're just like, oh, my God, what are, these people are messaging yeah. me. And it's often the same dudes messaging everybody. So it is kind of nice that there's a forum for, like, the, the women who appear on the show or the contestants. Because we all have certain things that we're dealing with when the show airs. And, and backlash on Twitter and stuff like, which again, I'm used to because like you guys, I do a lot of stuff online. A lot of people may not be used to. Our lives are on the interwebs. Yeah. So So next thing we're going to find out is there's one therapist for all post-Jeopardy contestants. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my God. (laughs) But there's a cool little uh, community of people who love trivia, have had that experience. And it is kind of interesting. I found it really helpful and interesting to hear their stories. And this is after I taped everything, but before it all aired, it's just seeing like people were talking about like, this is what I went through when it aired. This is what the reaction was like. And it's not always positive, even if win or lose, like it was uh, kind of humbling to read what everyone had to say about that. So that's nice. It was a very good, amazing experience. And I, I feel, and I, I know it's me saying this, having had a good experience on the show, but like, it was a really remarkable experience to go through just the, the producers I feel made everyone, they know we're all nervous and they kind of, we spent three hours, I think in the morning all together. You don't know who you're going to compete against. You don't know which day quote unquote, you're going to be competing. They put us all at ease. They were telling us stories. They let us practice. Like it was such a wonderful, positive experience. And that's outside the game itself. Have you done much uh, TV before or no? Uh, On and off. Like I've done a couple news segments on uh, CNN or Fox because of things I write about. And then some host wants to do it. But you always walk in there saying, you know, anytime it's a news segment, it's you're not going to have a lot of time to talk. You go in with maybe one or two sound bites you really want to say and try to work that into the conversation. I I can handle that, but it's not often. This is Jeopardy was weird in that it's 20 minutes or so of taping. You could literally be on the the whole time you're gonna they're gonna catch your reactions to everything they're gonna catch all your little facial expressions everything yep 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 so that was different i've done uh, enough like media things where you're on for like an entire episode and like there's someone there for each of them that's like all right calm down here's your, here are the things you need here and like there's someone talking you through it and it's like they know that you're nervous because it's like it's yes. not a normal like alex trebek's job is not the normal thing for all of us to go out and be on television for a half an hour at a time like totally i will say the one thing that was the same is that just like any of those news segments there were no do-overs here like you yeah. only got one chance to do it whereas if you were filming 
filming something and you screw up, you can be like, can I just do that one again? Not here. So that was the another nerve wracking thing, because you will see people getting, especially if things aren't going well in the game, uh, you get nervous. You might buzz in more because you're trying to make up ground and it just it can spiral out of control. I feel like I would be the nervous overpresser. Yeah, I tried to do it where like my hands were down so you couldn't see them. Like I was doing the clicking like crazy, but I was trying to do it so the camera couldn't catch me. So otherwise I would just like I would look like an insane person in behind the podium. I just kind of did it well below. No one can see my hands. I mean, the producers are so used to this. I mean, there's over 8,000 episodes of Jeopardy. And when I looked through it, I didn't realize there were over 32 different global variations. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked because Canada, they launch their own version of Jeopardy. And I mean, (laughs) what surprised me the most was the answers have to be in a form of an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Well Well done. Well done. I like that. As someone who grew up watching Jeopardy, in Canada. It's well played. <laughs> we all were also very excited to like see Alex, meet Alex, because we're all fanboying yeah. too when we're all there. And of course, none of us got to see him until the first episode started filming. Like we oh got to God. see him as much as the audience did. <laughs> yep. He's not exactly hanging out in the back room. He literally cannot. Yeah. He is kind of a little a little cancery right now. Well, that too. And also he knows yeah. the questions and answers. Oh, and yeah. so we're not allowed to see him. Oh, that so, makes sense. So yeah, the the banter anyone might see with contestants on TV is literally all the time oh, we had wow. to talk to him. And even after the show, too. Even just after the is, show. Like if wow. you ever watch the end of an episode, they're clearly making small talk at the podiums while the credits are rolling. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. And that was it. Then, it. He, then he goes oh, back God. into his bunker and we never see him until the next episode. Goes back yeah. into his Canadian land Trebek <laughs> bunker. It's yes. just it's just mooses and red and black flannel and and I assume they're all backstage. And Tim yeah. Hortons and and mustache rides. I think the funniest thing for me is I they said bring three pairs of clothes like that you can wear three changes of clothes yeah. in case, you know, we got to and and wear layers. So that way, hey, if you're like a four or five day champion, just take off one layer. You're wearing something else underneath. Easy. Yep. I think the first thing I wore, they're like, yeah, we don't like that on camera. Like it was it wasn't working. <laughs> oh. And so they said, go back and change. So That's I did. Second day's clothes are the ones I wore on the episode and it went well. So I had to go back and change. I'm like, oh, I'm down to like a crappy sweater if I do good again, like, oh no. <laughs> and you're like, well, <laughs> I may as well I lose lost. today. It's all good. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to wear to tomorrow's episode. So I may as well fuck up the daily double. That's my excuse. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I like it. So speaking of mustache rides, I think we should talk about the porn. We've managed to get 28 minutes into recording without talking about the porn, which is fortunate because the porn had very little plot to it. Dude. <laughs> this was, well, it had some plot. I mean, I was disappointed with this one, I must say. Okay, so guys, this week, if you haven't realized at this point, we reviewed Jeopardy porn. <laughs> we've, we've said very little about the actual porn we watched. So I could see why someone would be like, wait, they actually watched a porn? Were they, were they not just interviewing Hemant? Are they going in a new direction? <laughs> I can't believe you sent me this. <laughs> it was called This Ain't Jeopardy Triple X and was filmed back in 2011 by uh, the Michael Bay of porn, Axel Braun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a perfect description for him. It's just... Look, you know what you're going to get whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. Oh, my God. It was inaccurate, to say the least. Though, I will say the music, <laughs> music was 
Like, because you know they can't replicate the actual show's music, so they had they to make their own version. They did a good job. Yeah. They did a good it, job of, like, <laughs> of it being Jeopardy-esque in its, in, in its uh, <laughs> notes. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was good. I was wondering, okay, so before I clicked on anything, I'm like, how are they going to do any of this? Like, I don't get what parts of the show they're going to turn into a scene or something. And... I did not see any of that coming. No, I was very surprised at how... So the way that they worked in a few scenes is a couple of them were like video clips of like, oh, we clicked on the Daily Double and they open it up and it's a video clip. And I, was that two or three of the sex they scenes? They did it like, repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, it was like two or... Like half of the scenes were a video clip that played from the board that just popped out. <laughs> and it's like, well, this had nothing to do with anything, but here it is. And people... Or they asked, right, it was like, like, you know, <laughs> please name this sex act. <laughs> they would be like, yeah, let's play this clip for you. And that would be the question. But it was like a 10 minute clip and they're like yeah what was that and then they answer the question i'm like those clips in the real show are about 10 seconds long and i have a major problem with one of those clips because i'm pretty sure that was a tower dactyl and she identified it as something else (laughs) she identified it as a blow bang so before we get to the actual sex acts, let's first talk about the Alex Trebek that we had in this porn. <laughs> so he was played by Dale DeBone, which, I mean, if you've seen This Ain't the Bachelor Triple X or This Ain't Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice Triple X or uh, Ass Breath, you know, another one of his great films. Ass Breath. Ass Breath, correct. Why have we not reviewed this? I feel <laughs> I feel this would be a great addition to our collection of of all gems <laughs> on this. If you guys would like us to review Ass Breath, <laughs> email us info at twogirlsonemike.com. If we get five people. We might actually have to watch the sex. This doesn't sound like a very plot heavy one. <laughs> Alex was very snippy in this yes. this movie. And in real life he was very pleasant. This is an un-Canadian Alex. Yeah. Right? So in the porn, they, okay, we all know and love Alex Trebek. I think as much, he's as lovable as Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks. Who else is lovable? Kermit the Frog, right? <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole list. That's the whole list. And Kate no, Those three. <laughs> She's everyone's lesbian aunt. <laughs> Those people can't do anything wrong. You put Alex Trebek in. In the porn, they made him out to be great on set, but an asshole behind the scenes. And I just, I refuse to believe it. It was a weird thing. And again, I know as much about the man as anyone would have seen on TV, but also he was, he did a nice job of putting us all at ease too. And this guy in, in the movie was very like, everyone get to my needs now. I mean, the very first scene is uh, it's he's uh, someone asks, how's Mrs. Trebek? And he's bitching about the gold digging <laughs> bitch is nagging uh, him. <laughs> so it's like I just I get it. You never know what someone is like based on lines they read on television. Correct. And this is, of course, a parody. But I just Alex Trebek, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> Did you? I don't know if you caught this or not. This is. The thing that made me laugh the hardest during the movie. Do you remember the first question they asked the contestants in this parody? Um, they asked I might have like, it written down. What is an immoral pleasure seeker? It's the word for yeah, okay. an immoral pleasure seeker. Oh, yeah. Yes. They pulled it from the actual Jeopardy they episode. Did. Yep. Wait, what? The question was yeah. like, this is a word or uh, that means this gardening tool <laughs> this is a long handled is a word for an immoral pleasure seeker. And someone chimed in and said, what's a hoe? 
And Ken Jennings, not just anyone. Ken Jennings said, "What's a hoe?" Ken yeah. Jennings said, "What's a?" That's the thing that happened, which was a joke because I think he said in an interview, "I knew that was wrong, but it was worth it <laughs> to say the wrong answer because it was too funny." And of course, someone else chimes in and says the right answer: "What is a rake?" And they pulled the script verbatim for I the did parody. Not realize that I laughed no. my ass Holy off when shit. I saw them doing that. Oh my god! That, okay, that that makes me hate it less. <laughs> I thought in the porn universe, they should have went with, no, Poe is the correct answer. <laughs> and three people would have understood the joke and it would have been even funnier. <laughs> right? I feel so much better about this movie now. Yeah. And that was the only thing they took verbatim from the show. <laughs> well done. We didn't get well to the actual Jeopardy recording until 29 minutes into the movie. Yes. And it's, it is a two hour, like, and here's the thing, like normally I'm, I have my, my routine for when we record episodes. I check the night before to see how long the thing is. Like, cause uh, same as you haven't, I work from, you know, home as a writer yeah. uh, and I'm, you know, I checked uh, to see how long the episode is. So I'm like, okay, I can plan out my day to see when in the day I should. And I didn't check with this cause I'm like, oh, it's Jeopardy. There's no way it's going to be that long. And I'm like, mm. and no matter what, I don't, you know, I don't watch the sex. So it's, but I didn't expect it to be two fucking hours <laughs> for a Jeopardy. I was very surprised. I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's not going to take, but then like when I start scrolling, I'm like, oh, most of this is banging. Okay. Yeah. Most of those were clues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for video okay, clues. So yeah. let's first talk about our contestants because we did have three contestants. Indeed. So the first one was returning winner. Then the second one, he was an entrepreneur from Atlanta who happened to run an escort agency. Shocking. And the last one was an exotic dancer. It's Alex's favorite type of dancer. <laughs> now, that said, I have to say, I applaud uh, the editing where they cut in the fake audience uh, woes and claps. I thought yes. that was great. Now, what I disliked is that when they were talking to each other, at some points, it was a little inaudible. Yeah, the sound quality of the yeah. the one thing you would actually have a conversation about was remarkably small. I don't know if they got a lot of critique on that. I mean, maybe <laughs> a lot of people care. Uh, Axel, do people care about what people are saying in this porn? Do you remember the categories? Because even those, I'm oh, like, yes. Oh, I wrote those, I believe What I were some of those down. categories? Because I was thinking, like, they're not even subtle. Let's see. Uh, balls, double entendres, dirty words, things that end in jobs, caught in the <laughs> act. And how did that get in there? Things about the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they were like, they took more care with like the title of the movies than they do with the title of these categories, which are meant to be plays on words. Like Now, I by the way, I was brainstorming like what other possible categories could they have had? <laughs> and I came up with a couple and you guys tell me, are they any good? I was thinking like, what's that toy? <laughs> Or name that fetish. Who's in my mouth? <laughs> What's in her box? <laughs> Whose boobs are these? Porn genres that are so obscure you can't search them on a Rule 34 site. Doesn't fit on the screen. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Difficult and dangerous methods of masturbation. <laughs> Four four hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. What's the what's the smallest dollar value for any of these clues? Porn acronyms. <laughs> oh, oh. So speaking of porn things, so one of my porn friends um posted online something I've never heard before: the horny burrito. The horny burrito. What? what? This is this is new. This is I. What? What? It t explain. 
Okay, guys, I know we're 80 episodes plus into the show, but if you guys want me to find something from Urban Dictionary and talk about it at least once a week. Tell us about the horny bur- we need to know. <laughs> we need to know about the horny burrito. We need to know it now. So it's a sex position, but can you guys guess what happens during this sex act? Like I, I feel like someone is wrapped up in something like horny burrito. Like I feel that seems like a cocooning of something, but I don't know what goes into what. I have nothing to add to what Yvette said. That sounds right. I'm so confused and like, but I also feel like there could be beans involved. Like who knows? <laughs> like, can you imagine a pair? Like a, someone opens a can of beans while in bed with all the stuffing. <laughs> Oh, my God. We need cheese, and we need to get this thing put into a panini press so it can be nice and melted. Then we can get the sex on. I would like to know where this came up in the conversation. So apparently a male is lying on the ground, and the female is on top. And it is so named because while the female is on top, she is eating a burrito specifically from Chipotle. And many find arousal in this position because fixins from the burrito fall and the female <laughs> lick them up seductively, creating a greater sense of sexuality. And that's what Urban Dictionary tells me. Whoa. Learn okay, something if, new every day. If you at home have tried this... Wait, it gets better. When you try this, because I know you fucking perverts are all going to do this. There's a second definition. We want you to send us emails with descriptions of how it works out, and we will read them on the air. (laughs) Wait, the best part is the the last sentence. The horny burrito can also be performed in gymnasiums for added sexual arousal. Wait, what? Why? That seems oddly specific. Like, why not? Like, I... It's... Who eats a burrito at a gymnasium? (laughs) Hungry people in gyms, apparently. But on top of someone so that the ingredients trip on top of your sex partner. I feel like the weightlifting bench would be a good place for that to work. That could be a thing. Porns, if you're looking to spice up your gym sex life, (laughs) bring a burrito into it. It's weird that they went like the gym is the only place that they named in this Urban Dictionary (laughs) entry. Like, I feel like there are so many other random fucked up places you could list off. But uh, in the Chipotle. No, they went within the gym. Gymnasiums. In the gym. Gymnasiums. See, I'm not even picturing a small gym. I'm like a blink or um, or a 24 hour fitness. I'm. Like a high school gymnasium. <laughs> like I'm picturing someone like out on the Smith's machine at a Planet Fitness, you know, frustrated with the fact that it's a Smith's and doesn't fucking let you do any deadlifts, but being <laughs> like, I can use this bar to bend you over yes. and eat a burrito on it. <laughs> oh my God. Although I prefer our definition, guys, we should go back and change it where you're making a burrito while you're banging. You get everything out of that. Right? It's a win-win. You get a sex and a snack. Yes. And they better go in that order, otherwise... You know now I'm contemplating how we can have sex while making a burrito. I feel this is a thing that it's could work in my in my sex life. <laughs> well, you'd have to probably be doggy style or bent over a kitchen counter. That is exactly what I'm thinking. Right? Of course, I have a bunch of roommates, so that could be really awkward to explain. <laughs> Guys, this is Doing for research. my podcast. It's research. It's there for you my go. podcast, okay? I'm sorry. All right? I'll make a burrito for you. If it, that, will that make up for it? Is it fine? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't worry. I'm testing the horny burrito. It's a thing. <laughs> it's not, Look it up in Urban Dictionary. It's cool. I'm studying for Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll fly. <laughs> 
We'll be fine. So we get to that first question where they pull us directly from the actual Jeopardy, you know, where uh, the long-handled garden tool is also a moral pleasure seeker. Okay, we get past that. The next question is the act involving making engine sounds between a woman's breasts. I mean, who doesn't know it's (laughs) motorboating? And here's the thing, because I did not know the rake question, I was like, are they going to throw me with another weird... I had no idea that a rake was an immoral pleasure seeking. So uh, here's the thing. Then they get to the video category. Exactly. But here's the thing. Not all. Here's what pissed me off. When they selected the category, the only one that was a video uh, category was uh, Players Name This Act. And I believe only two out of the three were from that category. But yet the third one still had a video. What the fuck? Yeah, they they didn't spread out the questions. They didn't. They all went to the same ones. They were all videos, coincidentally. You could have done an audio, too. I'm just saying you would have fit the theme. You know what uh, was a missed opportunity was an audio category of women's tennis or orgasms. <laughs> I would love to see that for an actual Jeopardy category You would have just day. needed to do one clue and move on to the next joke. And for the Daily Double, name the porn star or the tennis player. <laughs> I have no punchline to that joke. I'm just going to take a small bow. Claps. Yes. But, okay, so let's talk about the first video scene, which was a glory hole. Indeed. So let's talk about the worst fake bathroom I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was... Um, oh, my God. I was amused and horrified by... I watched enough of that just because I was um, I was amused that they threw a glory hole into this. I kind of wanted to know, did they film that in an actual bathroom or did they just take a bath... Like because uh, toilets only cost 100 bucks at Home Depot. Did they just buy a toilet for the day and return it later on? It was like a confession booth. You could just walk over to the other side. Oh, my God. That was something. Worst fake bathroom I've ever seen. They could have just filmed in a real bathroom (laughs) and drilled a hole in the wall. It's like, was there not a building they could have rented out for this? I mean, let's be honest. As Americans, we are used to having about 10 inches of space at the bottom. Is it really going to be that distracting if we see like a seven inch gaping hole on the right hand (laughs) side as we go to the restroom? It was amusing that they seemed to spend more money on a crappy set than they could have, like you said, just do it in an actual bathroom and it would have been cheaper and more realistic. That's the wrong word to use here. You know, maybe the crappy set is part of the aesthetic they were going yeah. for. I'm trying to give them something here. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? Well, here's a kicker. So then we go to the next video clip, which is another 10, 15 minute sex scene. The blow bang. Was that the blow bang? Yeah. Oh, no. The f- oh, shit. Sorry. The first, first one was the blow bang. That, yeah. I screwed up. So the we second one was glory anymore, hole. Alice. No, yeah. I, I can't. Continuity. <laughs> so the first one was the blow bang. That's my fault. It's okay. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Then we'll, I think we'll, the one I have we'll the most contention with is the third okay. one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the blow bang. They called it, <laughs> what I, happened? They called it a blow bang and it's a woman blowing three guys. And I'm like, isn't that a tower dactyl? <laughs> well, tower dactyl is when she's jacking off two and then she has one fucking her underneath. Okay. I mixed it up then. That was just blowing three guys. I didn't realize it was called a blow bang. I learned something new from this porn. Hashtag educational. I was surprised they all three of the contestants were not buzzing in at the same time. It's not like one person only. Like they never showed the the everyone's trying to get in there. Nope. 
I feel like they could have done something with the buzzers to make it like they had to like jerk off a thing in order to like, like there were so many missed opportunities. Like Pee-wee's Big Adventure or Pee-wee's Big Triple X Adventure, they yeah. managed to like turn everything into a dick basically. <laughs> it's like, that's how you turn something into a really good parody is you turn everything into a dick joke. Like you have a vaguely penile shaped thing. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Turn it more phallic. Yeah. So- as I was saying, I had the most contention then with the third sex scene because the third sex scene was another 10, 15 minute sex scene. And the only clue that really gave you an idea of what the what they were looking for for the answer is she says at the very end with come on her face, you know, I have three lovely daughters you just have to meet. And somebody asks, what is anal sex? No, no, no. What no. is MILF anal? Correct. What the fuck? This is why... We tell people you have to watch for the plot or else you will miss mm -hmm. very important information. And why you're not allowed to buzz in early. See? By the way, they could have accomplished that with so many other things. Can you imagine if there was like a Nintendo set like in like <laughs> in, in the scene. view? Or just a couple of juice right? boxes. Yes. Or she just offers him, hey, you want some snacks? I have some granola buzz for later for you, young man. <laughs> like that's... <laughs> I have some Dunkaroos. Oh, man, Dunkaroos. I miss those. You want a Capri Sun to go? Look, all you need for a large-ish thing of Dunkaroos, uh, if you want to be, look, it's lockdown. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> Live your best, most trashy life. Get a giant tub of ice cream and a box of Teddy Grahams. There you go. And you have all the Dunkaroos <laughs> you want. Sit at home and live the childhood you wanted. <laughs> I just, I guess I was so frustrated with that specific scene because you only figured out she was a MILF at the very end. And I don't think it's fair that you have to watch 15 minutes of content for like that one 10 second sentence. And if you're jerking off because you want to jerk off knowing it's a MILF, are you not going to have the same know. orgasm? One thing that bothered me is the questions. You got to give the actual Jeopardy writers credit for this. They're clever in how they make the clues because there are usually to at least like two ways to figure out the right answer. If you don't know it, you got to find the wordplay in the clue. Like they're very yeah. clever with how they ask it. And all of these were just like, what is it? What did you just see? It's like, there's no hint. There's no. no. Ah. These were, they should have consulted the Jeopardy writers for this parody porn, really? obviously. This is apropos of nothing. But when we got to the studio, like we're all backstage, they say we're going to go out to practice with the buzzers. So you could see the studio, see what everything looks like. And they were like, it's chilly. It's the morning. You know, they're just all getting there. They said it's chilly if you want to bring your another layer, a sweater, whatever. It was freezing. Ooh. freezing and i was th like i had a big jacket even though it was like la I had a big jacket with me yeah. and i was still cold and i was thinking about that when i watched this movie because i'm like they started taping it and you like they introduced the contestants for the movie and i'm like they're like their shoulders are bare because they're wearing the <laughs> girls the, the women are wearing a dress or something i'm like no they would be freezing right now Yep. They keep studios nice and cold for all the equipment. So cold, yeah. Another thing I realized is that at no point in time did they ever bet 69. <gasps> so true story. Oh we're my God. We're backstage before the show. They're going through kind of rules, regulations, giving us the orientation. And they said very clearly to all of us, if you, for Final Jeopardy or if you hit a daily double and you're allowed to wager an amount of your choice, it must be in increments of 100 like, no random <gasps> numbers. Okay, fine. They also said very clearly to all of us, 
No betting 69 or any number that ends in 69. Aww. No betting. Uh, what else was there? There was some numbers that had connotations with white supremacy. Oh, wow. They didn't. 14 and 88 yes. and 1488. That's, you cannot bet those. Uh, that's literally what they told us because I think wow. one person did that and they did not realize it. And I don't even know if the contestant knew they were doing it. It might have just been a random thing. But they were very clear. Oh, and 420. They're like, can't bet $420. We'll make, we will retape and make you change your bet if you do that. Um, Oh, and you can't bet 666. And you can't do that either. So they were very like, just don't be, don't do that. That's not the place for you to be creative. (laughs) It's the man keeping you down. I know, I know. They're like, if you want to bet 421, have at it. But <laughs> see, I'm the child that every single week, and I'm not even kidding when I say this, every single week, whenever there's a tiebreaker question for my trivia league, <laughs> they normally have a tiebreaker that's a numbered question. Like if you took all the Avengers films and just looked at only the minutes, how many minutes are all of them? Okay. Something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. It's always a lot. Uh, and you can't say like a thousand minutes. You got to say a thousand sixty nine minutes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I am that child. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a time I won't put down 69 unless they're like, well, how many hits has like Whitney Houston had? You can't say 69. You know, it's not right. right. <laughs> unless you're that confident you're going to win and or lose. They also had way too much money on the parody. They are like at the halfway through the right. show, it's like everyone has $20,000 or some crazy amount. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. Not yeah. with these questions. Not with those questions. Not with these yeah. Academy Award winners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they don't even have a daily double. What the fuck? I mean, never mind a daily. They could have turned that a daily 69. Daily double Ds. A daily double penetration. Yeah, like you something. could have done something with that and they another missed opportunity. All the things they could have done. Like, look, I'm just saying, Axel Braun, call us. <laughs> Well, we'll be your writers. You have all the dicks you need. You need better <laughs> words to go along with them. Now, did you guys catch the final Jeopardy question? What was Do, the final uh, Jeopardy question? Yes. See, this term describes when a male fingers a female's ass and then wipes <laughs> his finger on a female's upper lip. Taken straight from Audience. Urban Dictionary. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> ah, and let's see, I believe one per- did one or two of them get it right? One of them One of, got oh, it yeah. right. Uh, indeed, a dirty Sanchez. Steve guesses a dirty Rodriguez for a, no good reason. An Alaskan pipeline, please don't look that up. <laughs> I, I don't want to know. From what I'm aware of, I think, and I'm not looking at Urban Dictionary right now from my best memory. Why do I have this in my memory? <laughs> it is when someone shits into a condom, freezes it, and then uses that to fuck. Why? I have Why? many questions. No. Why? What is wrong with you people? Why? <laughs> no. No. There are other things you can... There are so many other things. I could see a good 40 of them just looking around here. You shouldn't, but you could. And they're all better than poo. No. That's not how pipelines work. <laughs> but they oh are just God. as dirty. No. <laughs> this is just so bad. Why? Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, we all protested pipelines for a reason. Now we know why. <laughs> this is the this is the worst. Of the pipelines. reactions from all the contestants were also very strange. Like if they got it wrong, they were they were not exactly upset. They're just okay. 
I won. I lost. Yeah. Well, and then at the very end, you have two contestants that decide to get a weird on set. Okay, fine. They could have sex. And then Alex Trebek decides to... Okay, you guys described. He scene. just stayed there and yeah. watched. It was like, it was weird. Like, I don't know the, the logistics of the sex. Cause they just kind of, it felt like they kind of like slowly gravity brought them to the floor for the sex. And he just kind of was there. <laughs> this is also true. They have to make sure all of your heights are the same height so that it's easy for the camera to pan what? left and right. Which oh means like, for example, in a game I played, I, I competed against someone who's probably, I'm guessing I could be wrong like five feet and i'm like five nine and someone else was around that too so what did they do for the person who's five feet they said where you're standing behind the podium there is a riser and we're gonna bring it up so you're a little taller um just to get everyone's head in the same level which means if for the end of this movie like you can't just bang after the game. You got to like step down and move around the riser. But you know what would be amazing though? Like, cause they have like, all right, if they just had a stool, or, like, like a little bitty step, like <laughs> that would be so great because you know how often in one sex life, if, if one were to have had many partners as I have a stool, um, if and you've had multiple partners of different heights and you've noticed that doggy style is not always easy when you are different heights stools <laughs> are useful for these things i'm just saying they could have they could have utilized could've that done more. that's a yes. thing that they could have worked into the plot i'm just mm. There probably was a squatty potty unused on set. <laughs> and also Alex is not making that much banter with you like there's no way he would have stuck around like he had to go backstage to get ready. But he also like beginning our very first quote scene, there's a woman masturbating in the shower and like he's just kind of staring at her creepily. Like, yeah. and I mean, it was it was a scene like we didn't mention it earlier because it was barely worth mentioning. It's just because it Alex had nothing to there, do with anything. <laughs> right. And he's just like, like, you know, he's sitting there with like a snifter of Al just staring like <laughs> that's all. Alex was kind of a creep. It just. Uh, so end of the thing there's one more sex scene and it's the woman who was the returning champion who lost and like there's almost like the script from this it's this weird power dynamic between the two of them it's like I don't know she comes in angry that the two other contestants had sex and she felt demeaned and angry about this episode and then eventually... One of the lines from her is, because uh, he says, maybe I could loosen you up a bit. Doesn't, and he starts massaging her. Doesn't that feel better? And she says back to him, well, Mr. Trebek, I feel a little powerless to say no. Most female contestants do. <laughs> Creepy. It's, I, I get it. It's porn. We're porn using... Alex Trebek is the worst <laughs> Alex Trebek version out there. It's even worse. It's the worst timeline in the worst universe. It no. It goes real Alex Trebek, SNL Alex Trebek, and then way <laughs> the fuck down is this Alex Trebek. So Alex Trebek is way bad. Yeah. Dale DeBone, I know that you cared about your work in cum catchers. Why couldn't you show this passion here? <laughs> it's, oh my it's a God. question he gets all the time. 
she says to him after that, I never get any dick. And he says, neither do I. And then she says, that's a good thing. It's like, I'm like, that, and they're kind uh. of, I'm like, oh, gay shaving. That's great. Like, it's just, I feel like the writing got lazy and sloppy and just, they were like, look, we answered some things in the form of a question and we put dicks out there. What else did you want from us? <laughs> like, that was the extent of their effort in making this Jeopardy porn. The truth is after we were done with any of the episodes, they kind of said to the winner, go backstage. You have about five minutes to change your clothes in a little room. And it it really is. Like, imagine a small green room if you're an actor or something, and there's a little closet, basically. They're like, go change in there. There's maybe a mirror. I don't even remember. There's plenty of area there you could have used. You know, again, uh, Dale DeBone, uh, he was channeling himself from Stop My Asses on Fire 5. <laughs> That is an actual movie, by the no, way. No, I'm just saying. I there was a one through four, and he was in five. Wasn't he in any of the others, or just five? I don't know. Uh, right in. He got thrown into the cinematic universe later in the series. I'm always amused when there's like a one through 17 of one of these porn <laughs> universes. I'm like, look, are they, is there continuity? Is there a plot running through all of these? Do we need to make one through 17? Do people like, are they looking for a certain quality of the movie when they're like going for all, like, are people, are people hunting for this series? Is what I want to know. Like, Have the whole just, set. <laughs> I'm, like at some point I'm going to sit down and watch one of these like one through 17, like ass reamers one through 17. Cause I want to know what the, why. Like, why not just make a new ass reamer type thing? <laughs> well, I think maybe it has something to do with, well, we have so many babysitter scenes. We might as well put them all in a babysitter universe. Oh, my God. So if your fetish is specifically babysitters, or in this case, women whose ass is on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, I want to see that porn just for the sheer fact of how do they light their asses on fire? I'm going to guess. Like, does one have a deadline? <laughs> Set the Alaskan pipeline on fire. Oh. I've, I've gone too far. This is getting into grim territory. So, so. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So, so punchline, this porn was uh, bad, but amusing. It wasn't true to, it wasn't, it wasn't true to life. <laughs> it it I would surprisingly say, was not true to life. Uh, they, they tried. They tried hard. It was amusing in its badness, I think. It was like it wasn't <laughs> Which is what uh, they go for, right? Like that's like we have seen bad ones that I was like, "Oh god, we are all worse for watching this." Yeah. And like this was cringy, but like I think I had fun analyzing the cringe at least. <laughs> so like this this was an amusing time analyzing the cringe, but like this we've is seen why some I appreciated that immoral pleasure seeker bit cuz like it's not like they said a joke and did jazz hands like, ha we made a joke, which is what they did with so much of the rest of the stuff they were doing. Like we mugging know this. Camera. Yeah, totally mugging. They didn't do it there. They just kind of went past it. And unless you knew the show itself, you would not have picked that up. So I'm like, that was that was clever. I like that. That was funny, man. The, the number of missed opportunities overall. Mm. What was also really interesting to me was some of the cast that was in this. So, by the way, I skip, as per usual, most of the sex scenes because I don't watch all of them because I watch so much porn. <laughs> and they had some great talent during the banging that they didn't use in the acting. Like, for example, did you realize one of the uh, blow bangers was Tommy Pistol and Anthony Rosano? Uh, Anthony Rosano, he played Homer in the Simpsons porn, and fucking Tommy Pistol's been in fucking everything. And in this, he did not act. 
Is there a reason that happens or is that just like we can get you on set for this long so we're just going to use you for a scene and then get out like they probably hired him for that but I mean they th- that talent why did they not use it I think it's just look we we have this person we know they'll show up and do this thing that we asked them to do and uh we need this one job done <laughs> like I think that's just what happens sometimes They could have just stopped in the middle of the scene to ask the question like they're in the middle of a scene. They turn to the camera, read off the question. Right. Missed. Missed. Yeah. So what we're saying is, look, again, Axel uh, Braun, Michael Bay of porn, he sometimes hits it out of the park. Look, honestly, when I watched his Star Wars and when I watched oh, his yeah. Deadpool, it was fantastic. But then sometimes you watch it and you're like, nah. Mm. It was a thing. So this was a thing, (laughs) you know, brought us all together for this glorious hour of mostly talking about Jeopardy. I will say it was very amusing watching it on the other side of my experience with the show. Just because I'm like, wait a minute, I know what that studio actually looks like. Wait a minute. That never would have happened. Maybe there's extra studio where this all happened. (laughs) and This was a documentary and we're just haters. Clearly. Yeah. Alex dream. Trebek is bad-mouthing his gold-digging bitch of a wife. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and we won't want to believe it. I know. Because he's Canadian. <laughs> he was hilarious during commercials. Like, the only thing that lasts longer when they're taping, it's in real time. Like, 22 minutes of what you see on TV is pretty much what it was. But the thing they took a long time on are the commercial breaks. Like, they would stretch those out. And Alex would spend his time either re-saying a question that he didn't get out right the first time or joking with the crowd. And so we're all kind of listening to his banter while doing our own makeup touch-ups and stuff. And he was friggin' hilarious answering the audience's questions. Just like, hey, if you retire, who would you like to see replace you? He's like, Betty White. (gasps) Who is like I mean, she's going to live forever. exactly. But he's just joking back. I think someone said, like, do you have a favorite episode? Yes. And then he just walks back to the party. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally deadpan. Hilarious. It was fun. He's learned how to, like, <laughs> it's just playing with an audience is yeah. a skill. And it's a hard one. And he's been doing it for a long goddamn time. Yes. Would love to have that type of skill set. <laughs> where I could just talk to people. No. No. Not even be witty and banter. Just (laughs) fucking talk to people. I'm at my best when I'm behind my computer and I can hide (laughs) from the people I'm talking to and I can can edit a little bit. But like when I'm with people in real life, I'm like, they're going to tell how much of a fucking weirdo I am. (laughs) It it has been nice getting to know some of the people that I met there for the first time because we were competing or something. We've become friends online since then, which is a nice thing to have happen to. Nice. Now, have you guys formed, uh, especially since I know in uh, the quarantine universe, there are a number of trivial leaks that are actually going on still right now. Yeah. Uh, I know mine in New York is, and we I still have my old team. We're still competing, you know, every week. Now, question, have you guys formed like a super group and not <laughs> in a band, but like a trivia you team? You know what? After together. we taped, there was actually a major trivia thing in downtown Chicago before anything closed down. And I, I wasn't able to get there, but I know that place was teeming with contestants. The closest thing I've been able to do online 
is there was a crossword puzzle tournament, like one of the first weekends everyone was on lockdown and they they had to cancel an in-person tournament that was in like Connecticut or something. I oh don't my know. God. But they ended up just doing it all online and I'd never done one before and that was a blast. I loved it. Nice. Oh my God. Can you imagine just being a random person who's coming uh, to play trivia, not realizing the entire fucking bar is filled with Jeopardy people? On the online forums where they were like, hey, we need a team. Uh, someone had to drop out. Does anyone want to join in and it was all jeopardy people everywhere oh fuck. jesus christ there's also those times where i've gone to a bar and you know how you go to a random bar and you're playing trivia and sometimes there's that like one person who's playing for himself he is that one team <laughs> he is he a team of one sweeps yep. he is a team of one and he sweeps uh i hate that person sometimes <laughs> and i love them at times, but can you imagine having a fucking bar full of those yeah. people? Yeah, oh everyone, everyone thinks they're the ringer, but I don't know. When it's all tri- Jeopardy people, they're all the ringer. Yeah. Wait, I got to tell you guys about the worst trivia uh, night I ever hosted. Let's hear it. Uh, so you guys are familiar with Nexus, the Northeast Conference of Science and Skepticism, right? Yeah. Indeed, have have spoken at. So there is, for our audience who is listening, there is a super science skeptic conference. So if you're a nerd, you you should be totally into this. They talk about uh, debunking bullshit, but you have a lot of experts who talk about, hey, what's the latest bullshit that needs to be debunked? And a few years ago, I decided with one of my friends, Yelena, to uh, host a trivia night on one of those evenings. And holy shit, I hated it so much. (laughs) Because all of the rounds we made uh, in reference to some element of science or or skepticism, or uh, we had like this whole round about like named logical fallacy, and we had fun with it. All the uh, music rounds had to deal something with science. But let me put it this way. Have you guys ever watched or have an idea of the characters of the Big Bang Theory? Yes. Yes. Cool. You know the character Sheldon? (laughs) Yes. All right. Imagine a bar full of Sheldons, but the ones who are drunk are the ones you want to talk to. Oh, God. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds like a disaster. This is why I tend to avoid actual trivia tournaments. Oh my god. No, I've never okay, I've been part of many trivia tournaments. They've never been as bad as this. Where do these people come from again? Fucking no, they're all nerds. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably a nerd too, but like I, I feel like I have an occasional bit of social grace. Occasional. Small. Well, we're all three nerds, yeah. but seriously, I know our people. <laughs> it's like we're we're nerds who are in touch with our childhood damage. <laughs> I mean, I am at least. I don't know about the two of you, but <laughs> Oh, man. Sorry. I, I had to get that off my chest. I've been holding that in for a while. <laughs> Clearly. And now we're longing for the time when we can go back with the Sheldon Barnards. God, I will deal with all the Sheldon Barnards when I can one day walk into a bar and feel like I can hear someone cough and not like clutch my purse <laughs> and be like, should I run? Oh, man. One day. We'll get back one there day. again, folks. But for yes. now, we listen to other people talk about porn on the internet. <laughs> And guess what? This could be just like a bar. You just have to drink along with us or smoke pot. There you go. Which I probably did already. <laughs> Same as except with alcohol. See the s- smoke wisps in the screen. I think that's just, it's, I live in an attic and that's, no, all right. that's what it looks like in here. <laughs> There's probably a joint within 10 feet of here. <laughs> it's a good bet. 
So, Hamid, are you working on anything interesting now? Are you selling any more body parts or souls? Not yet. I'm not that desperate yet. Uh, No, if anyone wants to find me, the stuff I do is at FriendlyAtheist.com. I have a podcast, Friendly Atheist Podcast. Otherwise, there's, you know what, because I'm home like everyone else, I'm I'm trying to start projects here and there. And and then, of course, there's just the stir craziness of I can't concentrate because... I need everyone else to leave and I'm not there yet. <laughs> like, I, I think I saw that someone said this on Twitter and I'm like, this is now my new motto. It's I need the pandemic to end so I can keep staying inside. But all the rest of you have to get the hell out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm lucky my husband has a job. And at one point he was I've I've done this before. My husband was unemployed. I'm a stay at home writer. He now has a job. So I'm in less of hell than that I was when he was unemployed last year. Mm -hmm. Having everyone at home makes it way worse if you're someone who works from home already. Right, right, right. There's no time to like get away so I can just focus. It's oh, there's there's kids jumping around or whatever it is. Oh, my God kids. I I can't even imagine. So will I have any projects coming up? Who knows? We'll find out. I don't know. Will you have any more kids? Definitely not. (laughs) I, there was an, I think someone said this too, and I'll steal it as well. Like if there are any kids born during or uh, conceived during the pandemic, they will all be firstborn. They have to be because no one, no one (laughs) in their right mind has a kid at home right now and is thinking, yep, I need another one of those. Oh no. I know someone who's doing that. No. I don't think like I I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast because like she'll she'll think I'm talking about someone else. But still, like I know I've seen online conversation about people discussing having more kids. No, and why? I'm like, what? No. What? Why? Like, I, I mean, uh, it's two friends of mine, both of whom one has two kids. One of them has three kids. And they're like, you know, we should make we're thinking about it. And I'm like. What's wrong with you? I feel like I've had way too many thoughts of how do I decrease the size of my family at this point? (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, uh, so I was thinking when this whole pandemic started about abortions. (laughs) You know, as one often does during pandemics. Yeah. Right? And I mean, this is the perfect time for a like stay-at-home abortion. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about like the regular old coat hanger or throwing yourself down the stairs. Are you think what are you thinking here? I mean, at least something you could attach to a vacuum. It's a project. Everyone needs something to do right now. There you go. This is a perfect time for if you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> libertarians get on this. This is like what you guys, this is the future libertarians want. <laughs> they want, I feel this is an industry whose time has come. There you go. Look, all you have to do is make an attachment to either a Hoover vacuum <laughs> oh or an AK-47 <laughs> and you're good. Or just, you know keep ordering uh, the abortion pill online from India. (laughs) Look, I'm just saying, I may have ordered from some online pharmacies before. Not specifically for this pill, but I know where I can get that (laughs) pill when I need it. And look, if it's not an abortion pill from India, it's still going to kill something inside of you. (laughs) This took a sad, strange turn. It's like all of our episodes. (laughs) We're discussing porn for the plot. We we didn't show up with sanity intact. (laughs) Hey, so. the Roomba's got to be put to use somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. Can you imagine that, like, little fucking circle just going, like, circling around like your uterus? It's like a weird sonogram. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make it a weird sonogram, then you have to, like, uh, get a lot of Vaseline yeah. and put it on your belly and then let the Roomba, like, crawl on you. Patent in a this. circle. Oh, dear. All right. If you're listening to this, you can't steal it. <laughs> 
Or this is you copywriting. Do, you're cutting, cutting us of. in. We'll do the marketing. We'll get your at-home DIY abortion <laughs> services up and running. Or at-home uh, ultrasound with a Roomba. There you go. Look, Elon, we know that you need to do something. <laughs> like now that you're apparently selling all of your homes and telling people that COVID-19 is a fucking hoax. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's fun. By the way, I know this is old news by the time this fucking oh, yeah. comes out, but Elon had a child and gave him the, the name of a Wi-Fi password. That's not really the kid's name. That can't be. There's no way. Uh, it's Elon The wife Musk. is Grimes. I was wondering what they put on the birth certificate because I don't think hospitals allow you to do that, but I'm not sure. Who knows what he does? I mean, he has enough money. He could have been like, yeah, I can. <laughs> My hospital now. <laughs> if the kid's name is a Wi-Fi, but who cares? Like, you know what? It's You know that kid is going to have enough. I care about the kid. Also, I saw that Wi-Fi. It's going to get I fucking bullied. I saw that Wi-Fi password or whatever you want to call it. And I'm just like, whatever passwords I use, not secure enough. Because that one was impressive. Had a lot of different characters and spaces yep. and I would just like him to stop spreading incorrect information about the coronavirus. He can name his kid whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> That is all I request of this man. He should have just named his kid COVID-19. <laughs> we started with Jeopardy that. and ended up with a man spreading incorrect information. Somehow, <laughs> it's a full half circle. It's, <laughs> that describes politics quite well. Yeah. Hammett, where can our listeners find you? Aside from FriendlyAtheist.com? Uh, that's the main place. I'm trying to think of anywhere else I would send the, you to. The Twitters? Hey, the Twitters at Hammett Meta. Just, just Google it. You'll come close. It'll find it. <laughs> and event where can our listeners find you as usual you guys can find me at the cybabe on twitter and instagram and at facebook.com slash cybabe where i am sciency and snarky and doing a lot of facebook lives to try to dispel uh covid19 disinformation so that is why i'm trying to talk about it less here so you can find <laughs> me over there doing that so of course we have some patrons to thank so this week we want to thank kelly frazier stranger in a strange land david podnar jim lee david bolock long a win Walter Corzano, Richard Welding, Logan Waterman, Priest Pilot, Dave, Bethany Nicole, Alexandra Dees, and many, many others. And by the way, if you want to become a patron yourself, just head on over to twogirlswithmike.com or patreon.com slash twogirlswithmike. Hit the support button and come support us. By the way, you also get a video version of this podcast, as well as many other video versions, exclusive content, uh, episodes we fucking never aired because they're weird. <laughs> oh, they're, and we get it personal. There, there's been a weird one that's going on Patreon only, and you guys should come around for that. <laughs> Right? There's it's we we can't talk about it. No. Mm. Come to definitely trust, not. it's it's worth it even if you just join us for a month. Just <laughs> that's that's just binge download and binge the episodes then unsubscribe. I'm just saying shit got weird <laughs> with one episode. <laughs> it was it was there was yelling. Things might have gotten thrown. <laughs> Anyways, join us on Patreon just for that one episode. <laughs> uh so by the way, you could find the podcast at all the places. Aside from twogirlsonmike.com, you could find us on Facebook, Twitter, on Instagram at TGOM Podcast. Tell all of your friends about the show. And you could find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter. I never use Instagram because I don't fucking care about pictures. <laughs> Same. It's really hard. There's a lot of editing and caring about how people look at stuff. So no. Um <laughs> So find me for my words. Oh wow, that's sad. Yeah, TikTok. Um, I, I don't. I don't move. I am too old for TikTok and yeah. Snapchat. Both. I, I. I figured out that was my line in the sand. I'm like, I'm 36. These apps are for people younger than me. Yep. 
TikTok is for two things, dance routines and Chinese spyware. <laughs> I'm not wrong. We say this as we were recording this on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.